or hello and welcome to the Bedouins Coffee Corner, where we discuss initiatives, progressive movements, and change makers in the Middle East. Today's episode, we're sitting down with the iconic Lema, who's an incredible journalist talking about journalism in Saudi Arabia, as well as TikTok and more. Stay tuned because I'm sure you won't want to miss this. Lama, ahlo sahla fiki ala the Bedouins Coffee Corner. Before we get started, I do have to welcome you the Bedouins Coffee Corner way, which is by virtually pouring you a cup of Arabic coffee. I love that. <laughs> and I'm going to go ahead and pass that to you. And I can officially say, hayaki Allah, welcome to the Bedouins Coffee Corner. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be on. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited. I was like fangirling you guys that are listening two seconds ago. <laughs> um, so Lama, sweet, We've been planning this for a minute. I'm glad we're finally doing it. Yeah, yeah. Super exciting. Um, okay, so can you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, so hi, my name is Lema. I'm a journalist based here in Riyadh, in Saudi Um I've been a journalist for about two years now. Uh, I don't specialize in any certain beat. I kind of do a little bit of everything, varying from politics, business, um, Vision 2030 initiatives. So a little bit of everything. And um, yeah, I have a personal passion for um, social media, um, personal finance and investment. So it's a little bit about me. I hope that's okay. <laughs> I hope that's a good yeah, summary. It is a good summary. Um, you are definitely super great at what you do as a journalist, but also you're so awesome on social media. I feel like everyone who watches your TikToks are like, they're so wholesome all the time. <laughs> I try um, to be honest. I do my best. I think it's just, we live in a world where there's a lot of hecticness and craziness. So as much positivity as we can get, the better, I think. For sure. So how'd you get into journalism? I'm really like intrigued to figure out how or why, because I don't really feel like there are a lot of people who are like going into journalism all the time, especially with, you know, like the younger generation. So how did you get into it? It's actually interesting that you asked that question because uh, recently a colleague of mine, who's like a very well-known established journalist retired. And um, I asked him the same question. I said, you know, how did you get into journalism? Did you always want to be in it? Or did you kind of just happen to stumble upon it? And he said, Lama, there's always two types of people in the world of journalism. There's people that knew from day one that they wanted to be a journalist from, from high school, from first year of their bachelor's degree. They knew this is what they were meant to do. And then there's people like us who kind of just stumbled into it one day and now it's their job. And mm -hmm. I'm one of those people, you know, I, I studied medicine. I didn't study journalism at the slightest, you know, I always had a passion for writing and passion for people and telling their stories, but I never truly saw myself as a journalist at a young age. But alhamdulillah, you know, these things happen and it's just a huge blessing, you know, when you know, you know. For sure. I feel you on that. When you know, you know, especially in journalism, it's like a, it's like a, a switch moment where you're like, yep, this is, <laughs> this is what I want to do. Um, so what has it been like being a female journalist in the Arab world? You said you're based in New York. So what has that mm -hmm. been like for you? Honestly, it's incredible. I think there's so much opportunity and there's so much to write with, to write about. Um, you know, I, I grew up in the U.S. my entire life. So people have this perception of the Middle East and Saudi specifically. Um, and they think that, sad to say, but people think we don't have rights or we don't have any sort of equal opportunity. And yeah. uh, that couldn't be more wrong. You know, once you're for actually sure. here... And you're working here and you're seeing it. Um, I have as much, if not sometimes even more, opportunity than anyone else working in journalism. 
any other place. Um, I think with Sardia, it's continuously growing and continuously evolving. So there's always so much to write about. Uh, there's always so much to cover, regardless of gender. Um, I think the country does a really good job of supporting both genders. It's incredible. It really is. And I feel like now is the time to do journalism, like in Saudi, as you said, like it's expanding and growing and so much is going on between Vision 2030 and other initiatives. So it's really the time to do that. Um, that being said, what has been your biggest achievement since you've started? Ooh, that's a tough question. <laughs> um, that's a really tough question. I was thinking about it, but I don't know. See, alhamdulillah, I've had so many blessings in my career so far. It's just been, I think with hard work, it pays off, you know, and it's yeah. been so many blessings one after the other. Um, if I had to choose, I would say uh, being on a panel, the closing panel okay. for FII, that was, yeah. that was insane. That was when I got the phone call for that. I was kind of in shock. Like me, okay, um, because it was such a it was a topic that's dear to my heart. You know, I value educating, spreading awareness, and educating the public without having it come at a certain setting certain boundaries. Um, you know, one thing in the new in the U.S. I noticed is I hate to say gatekeeping, but sometimes yeah. education is like gate kept. You know, you have to have a certain for GPA, sure. a certain country, um, a certain amount of money to even go to school. Whereas in Saudi, I know like a lot of these projects are, you don't have to pay anything. You can just come, show up, volunteer, participate. So the panel I was yeah. involved in was building the future generation of leaders. And uh, sorry if I'm talking too fast to get excited, but no. <laughs> equipping, them, <laughs> equipping them with the necessary tools to succeed, you know, hearing from different people in different um, sectors. So for me, I represented media and journalism, and I kind of gave my voice and love being able to help people learn from my mistakes and grow from them. So for me, I think that was the biggest, um, that was the biggest accomplishment so far. You know, I think it's one of the top ones for sure. <laughs> I, I saw you on that panel, you posted that you were doing that. And literally like I dropped my phone because I was so excited for you because I love seeing, you know, like women in journalism, women in anything really like succeed and, and get to these points of like major milestones. And I was so, <laughs> so excited that I was just like, clapping like I was like go Lema <laughs> it was very exciting for all to watch you do that <laughs> like a little secret between you and me is uh so backstage we had like a, a pre-panel discussion where they kind of yeah. you know they brief you on hey this is gonna happen and then we get on stage completely different questions everything is completely different um so my heart sank a little bit <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> it was uh, such an amazing opportunity genuinely genuinely that's so great that being said, what has been one of your lowest points since you started? Lowest points. Um, you know, I even thought about this question before and nothing comes to mind directly. I think there's a lot that happens in journalism in general. There's a lot of ugly that people don't see. A lot of behind <laughs> the scenes. Don't see. Um, but for me, I consider it like also a plus or like a positive because those are the opportunities that I genuinely learn from. I think if everything goes perfectly planned, everything goes as well as I wanted with every interview, video footage, um, I never learn, I would never grow. I would just be like the status quo, same journalist. For so sure. I like the low point. I like the points where I sit outside for 12 hours waiting for an interview and no yeah. one gets me. <laughs> or I like, literally, or I like the points where, um, I don't know, where things don't necessarily go as planned. I can't think of anything right. in particular. Uh, mm -hmm. But in general, you know, I'm very thankful for the low points, you know, the high stress intensity points, because that's what helps me grow. 
Um, for sure. I hope that's a good answer. I don't know. Yeah, that's a great answer. It's honest and it's true. Like I feel like those, you know, like stress points that we go through are actually what help us learn and develop and grow. So um, very relatable. But then that leads me to think, what is your biggest fear? Biggest fear? Yeah. Oh, Ooh, ooh, ooh. biggest fear okay are we talking like uh, practical or are we talking like lemma this is never gonna happen no practical, but you're like I, I feel like lemma this is never gonna happen is like <laughs> probably like really unrealistic i have a very creative imagination um i think one that's very like realistic is maybe losing loved ones that's not related to the work but like losing loved ones i think that's kind of a fear of mine and it's for everyone um, and then more realistic fear, like work-related, yeah. is uh, I've had a dream about this before, is when I I wake up, like I'm in a dream, and all of a sudden someone gives me a script, pushes me on stage and says, Lemma, you're on in 10 seconds. I'm like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but like, no problem. I think that's my fear. But rarely would it ever happen. I think messing up live on camera. Uh, but then again, genuinely, I would just take it and make content out of it. I would make a video. Yeah, you'd probably make funny. a TikTok that'll go viral. <laughs> I would, I would. So, like, I never, I don't know, I don't have a lot of fears, to be honest. Related, work-related? No, not, not really. Cool. That being said, where do you think journalism in the Middle East is heading? Um, I mean, like I said before, I think... I'm going to speak uh, specific to Saudi Arabia because in the Gulf region, the GCC, this is what I've worked around. This is the atmosphere that I know. Um, I'm seeing a growth in so many sectors, whether it's healthcare, whether it's technology, whether it's education, that no one could have imagined. You know, and I see us easily surpassing any other country globally. Um, and I am very biased. I know I shouldn't be as a journalist, but I have a lot of pride of where I'm from in my country. But um, I genuinely see the GCC as having so much potential for journalists. You for know, sure, yes. We're going to see this. We're already seeing this boom right now. There's so much to cover, regardless of what sector you're or what beat you're in. Um, if yeah. you're in healthcare, there's something happening every single day in healthcare sector. If you're in business, um, you can literally open your door and find new businesses and new ventures. Uh, for sure. Uh, like first thing. So I think we're going to see a lot of potential, an insane, insane amount of um, expedited growth that no one would have imagined. So there's going to be endless opportunities for journalists here. Yeah. On a more um, like lighter note, I love your TikToks. They're so funny and genuine. Um, I was telling you before we started recording that I watch your TikToks and I feel like they're just so wholesome and cute. Um, walk me through your creative process because I feel like some things you're literally like, we watch it and we're like, yeah, so relatable, Lama, you know? So <laughs> what's that like for you? <laughs> Um, I'm honestly, to be very honest with you, like I'm not, I don't have, I don't like to sugarcoat things. I'm very simple. I'm very straight to the yeah. point. So I want to tell you that like, no, I go on like a board and I just start doing thought processes and strategic yeah. approaches. No, it's more like, I just like being myself. And I think what, what really works well with social media applications is someone being genuine and honest and just being themselves. Um, I think that really, um, it conveys well and it really connects with yeah. people. It really resonates with them. So with me, I don't have a specific uh, like method- methodology for video yeah. creation. 
I kind of pull out a pull out a camera and I, I talk. And some people like it, some people don't. I mean, I just try to be myself. I try to be genuine. Uh, at times, I do like think of skits, and then I'm like, oh, this is so funny. This would be so funny to film. And then I pitch it to someone. They're like, Lemma, this is the dorkiest thing ever. No one would ever enjoy this. But like, I still <laughs> <We> post it. <laughs> like for me, I still post it because it makes me laugh. You know, if it's making me laugh or it's making my mom laugh because my mom loves my videos, uh, it's it's like it's working. It's doing its job. Like my goal is yeah. genuinely just to spread positivity and make people laugh, you know? And I've had a lot of questions recently with people asking, you know, Lemma, why don't you connect your journalistic like work life with TikTok? Sometimes I want to just to spread education on correct information, but then yeah. other times I, I really want to keep it light. I want people to have an outlet, you know, to laugh and just turn off their brain for two seconds and just be simple. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you're, it comes across through the content you make. It's so, again, as I said previously, wholesome and, and it just sits well with everyone. Like, I feel like you watch it and you're not like, this isn't genuine. I think one of my favorite ones was when you were like, um, I go every morning to see my barista because <laughs> it makes me happy. And I was like, oh, okay, that's so cute. Like very relatable, right? Everyone has that like person in the morning that they like go to. to yeah, literally. It's, it's fun. And it's just, I don't know. I like to spread positivity. And when I see people like that, like the barista, it's genuinely yeah. so fun, so nice every morning. I'm like, Celeste, this is a part of my routine. Like, I'm going to yeah. go to work with such an upbeat attitude. Like this. So, yeah. Definitely. Okay. Now, back to journalism. What's your number one piece of advice to an Arab woman who wants to get into journalism but are afraid of the pre-assumptions about them in international media? Okay. That's a good question. <laughs> um, I love it. I love it. So like I said, Western media is always going to have a perception of us in the Middle East, regardless of what we try to do or what we try to uh, portray or convey with any kind of interviews or writing that we do. Uh, my advice is to them is just to be honest, be fierce, you know, be strong, uh, and never have this, never second guess yourself, never be concerned of what any kind of westernized media outlet's going to think of you. Um, regardless of what we do, regardless of what we say, they're always going to have this perception unless they physically come here and see it themselves and they change their minds, which I've had friends do. I mean, I grew up in like the deep, deep South. I've had friends say, Lemma, why are you going to Saudi Arabia to ride camels? And just very ignorant comments. And yeah, I brought them yeah. here and their world was changed. I mean, they saw something so different. So my advice is um, something more, I guess, practical is uh, never miss a deadline. Never, ever, ever miss a deadline. Um, that's your bread and butter. You have to be on time. Uh, be honest, okay? Never twist any words. Never twist any quotes. Be very straightforward. Um, and be kind and be considerate. Uh, most importantly, be considerate, I think. Because I... yeah. They might not think of it this way, but their voice has such an impact. You know, they might say, I don't have a lot of readership. I don't have a lot of viewership, but the things you write, the things you say, regardless if they affect you directly, they will affect someone else anywhere around the world. And it can have a domino effect. Yeah, definitely. So be honest, be considerate and uh, be fierce. That's my advice. I love that. That's awesome. You need to print merch with like a hoodie or something. <laughs> I'll definitely get one. <laughs> First order from me. <laughs> Um, okay. What are three things you wish someone told you before you started and you got into journalism? Oof. Okay. Um, before I actually got into journalism, a few of my mentors like sat me down. They're like, Lama, there's some things you need to know. So thankfully I got the whole, I got the whole spiel. I mean, that's the best way to say it. I got the whole run. Yeah. Um, but 
things I wish I would have known is on like a lighter note, that's a little funny is like, say goodbye to your social life. You will have no social life. Um, your job is, I mean, your, your life genuinely. And I love it like that. Uh, but on the plus side of that, I have made so many wonderful connections and friends through work. Um, and then second piece of advice is never underestimate the power of networking. Um, you know, sometimes people think of the word networking in a negative connotation, like in a negative way, like, oh, I'm just trying to um, the feed or like get something from someone. Yeah. Uh, which is not always true. You know, networking, that's what's going to get your foot in the door. That's what's going to get you into those interviews. So never underestimate that power. Um, third piece of advice. Mm, don't let the stress consume you. <laughs> I guess that's what I would have wanted. to know. I think my first year in journalism, I was just power, 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 power. Um, and I had a motto that's very terrible. I don't want to say it to like, so no one else takes it, but I'm going to say it, but I'm going to say like, don't take my motto is uh, it was, I'll sleep when I'm dead. That was literally my motto for the first year of journalism, which is terrible. Um, you know, I accomplished a lot of great things, but I think no one to take time off, no one to relax, um, network, 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 have good connections. And yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much my advice. I love that. Okay. My last question for you is what's your favorite book? Cause I feel like we can tell so much about a person by their favorite book. <laughs> um, I thought about this one too, cause I love to read. I've always had a passion for reading. So when I was younger, I had a passion for novels. I loved, um, I love Pride and Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice, I think is number one. It's up there. I think the character, yeah, I can't even speak. The character development is absolutely beautiful. Um, the detailing, just the storytelling is just so, so amazing. Um, so that's always been a favorite. It's a comfort book of mine and a comfort movie. If I'm like ever stressed, I open it, read a few chapters before bed and I'm good to go. Um, or yeah, yeah. Tell me. <laughs> Do you have, you have look at the spine of mine. No, <laughs> that's the spine I love of that. Mine. <laughs> I literally yeah. love that. I love this, that. It's like dead. <laughs> it's like it just sits here on my shelf dying because of how many times I've just. That's how you know you're reading. I've ran through so many copies of mine. I've moved a lot growing up. So every time I move, I would buy a new copy and it would just disappear. But no, it's one of my favorite books. Um, and then my other one is completely different. They're opposing genres, completely opposites. Uh, so I love finance. Like when I turned, I think, 18, I had like a, an immediate passion for personal finance and investment. Um, so it'd probably be the intelli intelligent investor. Uh, and I loved it because it was so complicated. <laughs> it challenged me in so many ways that other books haven't ever. Um, and I'm not like ashamed to say it took me a long time to get through. Genuinely, it took me a long time to get through. I had to keep Googling terms. I had to keep Googling concepts. Uh, but once you actually read it through a few times, like three times, I think, You'll get the hang of it and then you'll appreciate its value. Um, because uh, when I first started investing in the stock market, I was uh, I was very emotionally driven. You know, I made trades that I would say, oh, my God, I'm panicked. You have to sell. You have to sell. Terrible. So it was almost like bordering, uh, like unhealthy trading. It was it was not it was not. Strategic. So that book kind of taught me to get control of that. And uh, it's one of my favorite finance books. So like Pride and Prejudice and the Intelligent Investor, they're like complete opposites, but they're up there. They're up there. That's so cool. Um, those were all my questions for you today, Lama. I'm so happy to have you on. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. Honestly, it was such a pleasure. I was a little nervous. I was like, okay, Lama, don't speak too quickly because I've been known to speak very quickly. 
Um, but yeah, you're a wonderful interviewer, and I'm glad we finally oh, yeah, thank sat you. down. You, you really too. are. <laughs> <laughs> it's a casual 